With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amen. Well, I salute each and every one of you with the awesome and blessing and majestic words of grace, mercy, and peace. May they be multiplied unto you this evening as we are in another Bible study and teaching on the book of Revelation. Amen. Tonight we pick up with part four of a teaching on the seven trumpet judgments. Amen. We're in chapter nine of Revelation and we're looking at the seven trumpet judgments. Amen. In chapter eight, we discussed the first five. And at the closure of chapter eight, the scripture declares that there was an angel or a messenger that was seen in the heavens flying and says, whoa, 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 or alas, or alas, are the judgments in reference to the final three judgments that are manifested out of the seven. Amen. If I can just capture and put back in your hearing for those who have been following and for those who may be new that are listening, we got an understanding or a revelation that when it talks about the seven trumpet judgments, one, we're not talking necessary about physical trumpet trumpets. It's a metaphor for the prophetic voice of God. And there are seven angels, or as we would say, the word angel coming from the Greek word agalos, which means messenger. So in chapter 8, we got an understanding that there were seven messengers who had been prepared with the prophetic voice of God to speak. And as we understand the trumpets, the trumpets go back. Uh, to the Old Testament as to what we would call the Shafar. The Shafar was the horn that was blown by the prophets or it was blown by uh, of the priest and it was the warning sign and it had a distinct sound where nobody could confuse it for anything else. So in that we began to understand that God's voice is speaking here in Revelation. We understood in the transitional things of everything that has transpired from Revelations chapter 1 up to chapter 8. These are things that are the fine tuning of the pouring out of God's spirit. As we said in the first part, if I can just kind of uh, 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 go back and touch on some things to bring you forward right back to where we are now. We began to get an understanding of who Christ is, because once again, Revelation chapter one, verse one says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is the revealing of the man. This is the revealing of the spirit. This is the revealing of the character. And see, understand after the transition of understanding who Jesus was, we transitioned into uh, uh, the reprimands and, and the positive counselings that went forward over the seven churches. Amen. 
after we transitioned from the seven churches, we began to move forward and, and look to the door. And God said, come up hither. So we looked to the thura in the Greek for door, which means opportunity. There was a spiritual transition. And then we began to see the elders and, 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 and the beasts, or as we say, the, 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 the beings, the, the beings that had a body that were there before the throne. And, and we began to see infinite numbers that were worshiping him and praising him him and John being shown some things and John continued to say he that hath an ear let him hear now as as we transition from that we began to get into uh, 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 the breaking open of the seals and we understand that the seals once again were the seven characteristics of the spirit when John was brought before the throne and he was shown these are the seven spirits of God which as we also look back in the book of Isaiah uh, it identified seven names which were seven characteristics of the spirit so as we looked at chapter 6 of Revelation we began to see uh, what was going on with the breaking open of these spirits or the characteristics which can only be done on each and every one of us by Christ. Amen. Then we began to transition after that with the sealing of the 144. Watch this. Here's something that I need to go back and, and, and tie into that to give you another revelation. Uh, Peter declared this as well as the book of Joel. It says, in the last days, God shall pour out his spirit upon all flesh, where men shall prophesy. Uh, and dream dreams. Y'all got to understand this. That ties to what is going on here. There's a pouring out of God's spirit that has already been transitioning. And in the pouring out, it tied itself to the sealing of God's people, the 144, who are the ones who, who could be pulled out. But they're the ones who still are left with a prophetic voice in the earth realm in order to speak the truths of the oracles of God. So then from that, now we have transitioned into the seven trumpet judgments, which once again, they're, they're seven messengers that's got a prophetic voice that has been perfected and purged and put together in them in order to make a distinct sound without confusion. What happens with the first five, we got an understanding that they were things that would impact the universe as well as the earth, because we... we, we, we we, we, we talk about stars falling and we, 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 we talked about waters being made bitter or, or as, as I would say in today's terminology, poisonous. All of these things were impacting the earth and then we, we see the celestial orders get shifted because as, as, we, as I, I gave everybody a revelation before, if you remember when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So now his prayer is about the coming of the kingdom. Then he says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus, Yeshua, gives us a revelation that the things that are happening here are things that are happening in the heaven. They are a mirror effect of each other. So in that, we began to see these things transition and happen. And now we get up here to uh, 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 the breaking open of the, of the fifth seal. And in the breaking open of the fifth seal, at the beginning of chapter 9, we now get a revelation that this is about the opening up of the bottomless pit, the abyss. This is about the opening up. And as I touched on this in the last Bible study, uh, and I'll touch this just for a moment again, this is about the breaking open of the pit and the releasing of the fallen ones. 
Amen. For those that are Bible readers, if you remember back in Genesis chapter 6, when it talked about the sons of God that looked upon the daughters of men and, and formed the nymphilim or the bullies or the giant or the rebellious ones. Then there's a semicolon in the verse that says also in that day, the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men and formed the men of renown. So there was like two, two, two breeds of mixing a fallen seed with human seed. And so now you had, if I can put this once again, as I said before, in terminology that some of you may be able to grab, it's just like in Greek mythology, what you would call the Titans and what you would call the demigods or the pantheons. Uh, 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 now there's a mix in the seed. And as y'all remember in, in Genesis, due to what has happened, God comes to Noah and he declares that he's about to wipe out the earth. His spirit can't, can't the, 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 the divine spirit, the celestial spirit can no longer can reside with man because here's the thing. Watch this. Due to this, what has happened is the fact that uh, when you look back at Noah, the scripture declares that Noah was pure. And many people have not gone and looked at the details of what was going on with Noah being pure. When you look at the word pure in the Hebrew, what it's really implying is that Noah was a pure human being, meaning his DNA had not been altered. Okay, so so in that, what it, what has happened? If if anybody does any exterior reading, Amen. Because I know a lot of you are rooted in the '66 that you got, but sometimes it requires you to begin to search a thing out. You know, the Book of Timothy says, "Study to show thyself approved as a worksman, unashamed to rightfully divide the word of truth." All right. So sometimes there's some things that we've got to study on the exterior in order to bring the interior of the word into a place of clarity. Okay. So in that. I brought to your attention before that there's a book that's called the Book of Enoch that actually existed as part of the word up until the fourth century. And there were there were many times that it went through many uh, transitions of pulling books out and putting books in and so forth. But the Book of Enoch was there once upon a time. And to give validity to the Book of Enoch, believe it or not, there are some verses in the Book of Jude that are direct quotes from the Book of Enoch. Such as uh, verse 6 when it says, the angels who lost their first estate are placed in chains of darkness until judgment. What Enoch declares in the writings with more detail is the fact that the fallen ones who had made a pact at Mount Hermon, which what was known in the time of Moses as Canaan land or the promised land, because they had made a promise among themselves, they had a... Uh, 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 they had been placed in bondage due to what they had created. But say this again to make sure everybody hears it clear. What happened is, be it that they had intermingled seed as fallen ones, what happens is they produced children that were giants. And in that, what happened is God put the fallen angels into bondage for their disobedience. And in the same turn as as they wanted to return and were told no, God not only told them no, but he also said your children shall not uh, 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 come to the heavens. What will happen is I'm going to let you be in chains of darkness until they kill each other off. 
Because y'all got to understand, even in that time before the flood of the time of Noah, not only had they ravaged the land of all the resources, they began cannibalism, eating men and eating their own selves. So God said, I've got to eliminate this. So in that, he says, what's going to happen is when, they, when you see your children kill each other off, what's also going to happen is they will become disembodied spirits. In the Hebrew, it's called Raphahim. Okay, so they became Raphahim or disembodied spirit. And what God said is they will torment man until the judgment and they shall be called demons. Y'all hear me? Understand? So now. What you've been dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, what mankind has been dealing with, has not been the fallen ones. It's been the children or the offspring of the fallen ones. They are the demons that we're dealing with in this realm. So, in that, what happens here in Revelations chapter 9, when it says that a star fell and he had the keys to the bottomless pit, it's the same thing that Jesus was talking about uh, uh, in Luke chapter 10. Amen. Uh, if, if I can just run there right quick uh, for you all. In Luke chapter 10, and it's about the 17th verse. Read this to you. It says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. All right. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from the heavens. Or if I can bring that in another terminology, I seen Satan as a star falling from heaven. Same thing is happening in Revelation chapter 9. And then it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on the serpents and on the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay, so what he's talking about here, watch this, as we began and we looked last Bible study in Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 3, uh, uh, what he says is notice that as the star falls or as Satan now comes to the bottomless pit, he releases as if locusts. Coming out of the bottomless pit. He releases those that are meant to ravish. They are meant to feed on the resources of the earth. They're meant to feed. Watch this on Y-O-U. If y'all remember in the garden, it talked about the serpent shall eat of the dust of the ground. Amen. The dust of the ground. We're made from the dust of the ground. So in that their, their, their assignment is to eat on you as the flesh. So now you have them being released from the bottom of the And notice that the scripture associates them not only as locusts, but it calls them scorpions. And it says, and they have a stinger in their tail. Okay. Notice that Jesus in Luke chapter uh, 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 10, he associates them as scorpions. One and the same. Y'all got to get a revelation. These things go together. So now, let me pick up with verse 4 this evening to give you a little bit more revelation on, on, on what's going on here. Amen. So let's jump back to Revelations chapter 9. And I'm going to look at verse 4. And it says... And it was commanded them that they sh should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, 
neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. All right. So watch this. I said this last time. I'll say it again. These uh, uh, fallen ones that are now being released from the bottomless pit for judgment have an assignment. They've got an assignment. They've been given specific instructions what they can't do. All right. However, the scripture says that they watch this. It says they can't do anything to those who have been sealed with the mark of God in their forehead. But it said nothing about those who have not been sealed. Okay, watch this. Once again, as I said before, in the book of Joel, in the book of Peter, it says God's spirit shall be poured out on flesh. All right. So the spirit and once again, the spirit was articulated to us in Revelation chapter six. When we talk about uh, uh, the seven seals, those were the characteristics of what's being poured out. So it says that the spirit was poured out. So what happens is that becomes the protection of those who have been sealed uh, with the Spirit of God. These cannot make impact on them. Are y'all hearing me? Okay, so it says, it says, verse 5. It says, and to them it was given. All right, so we're talking about those that came out of the bottomless pit. To them that was given. Or power was given to them. That's what it's implying. And the word power that I'm talking about is exousia, which is the power of influence. Amen. This is uh, and, and you can validate this if you went back up to verse three. It says, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth and unto them was given power. And the word used there is exousia, which is influence. So it says it was given them that they should not kill. All right. They should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. Now, what happens? Let me let me let me give you a little background on the strike of a scorpion. When a scorpion strikes, all right, and notice it's, it's not a bite, it is a strike from the tail, okay? And when it stings you, it brings pain, redness, and warmth. It's, it's like the skin and under the skin begins to burn, okay? Now, why does a scorpion strike? Let me clarify that. Uh, a, a scorpion, a stinger, is used to capture prey or incapacitate them or used in defense when they feel that there's a threat. Basically, they sting you to paralyze you or incapacitate you because you're considered a threat. Watch this to their agenda. Notice that. Uh, both scorpions as well as even serpents like to stay in the shadows or stay cool. Why is that other than, once again, they operate in darkness. They are hid out, but then they, they, they strike you. Watch this unexpectedly. Now, let, 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 me, let me work this thing a little bit more with you. 
There's more to this thing than just this. Amen. Because I'm about to bring another revelation to you about this thing with, with, with them stinging because uh, it's been referenced before in Scripture. I'm going to bring something else to your attention. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I would like to look at verse 51. Actually, verse 51 through 57. I'm fixing to tie some things together for you uh, to give you some, some additional revelation that's going on here in the scripture. That, that you just got to see this. Okay. Now, what it says is, Behold, I show you a mystery or a mysterion. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This should be familiar to some people that are Bible readers. Because you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he's, he's going to the verses that talk about rapture. Okay, I'm fixing to show y'all something different. There, there, there's something else about this verse that ties, watch this, to Revelations chapter 9. Alright, it says, <clears throat> verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Alright, what, what, what are we in right now in Revelations other than trumpet judgments? The prophetic sound. So the scripture is talking about the prophetic annunciation that is transpiring where we're at now in the book of Revelations. It says at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Okay, if I've got the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on me. If I've got the spirit on me and in me, there is a change to who I am. Watch this. In the same turn as we looked at in the book of Luke, Jesus was talking about once you have this spirit, once you have been given this power, now you are invincible, meaning natural things as well as some spiritual things will not have impact on you because you've been filled and sealed and operating and broken open in the spirit of God. So now, he says in verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. How do you put it on other than through the spirit? And this mortal must put on immortality, meaning that you become transformed by the spirit that you got in you. Once I've got the spirit of God in me, then there's a transformation or metamorphosis that begins to happen that now I am no longer the shell that I'm operating in. Remember, your body is only the, the, the host that's being used. You are a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. The, the body is only hosting. So verse 54, so so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death capitalized. Watch this capitalized there implies almost like the name of an individual more so than the action that people expect to happen naturally. So it says death is swallowed up in victory. Then the next verse says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, 
where is thy victory? Y'all should be putting this together. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Okay, where else have we seen death addressed? Other than previously in Revelation chapter 6. Once again, if we began to go back and we began to look at the four horsemen. The fourth horseman that went forth, his name was Death. And the scripture said, hell followed. It articulated this characteristic of the spirit as if it was an individual or an entity. Not that it was something that, that happens to the body natural when life leaves. Uh, Y'all got to catch this. So, so what it, what, it, what it says is death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Or should I say abyss or hell, where is thy victory? Even as it comes forward, there is no victory now for those who have been transformed or those who have received the mark of God in their forehead or they've got God on their mind. They've got God in their spirit. They're living by the word of God and they're letting God be enthroned in their cerebral. So it says verse 56. Watch this. This is what I really want y'all to get a real revelation on to tie here to, to uh, uh, chapter 9 of Revelation. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Okay, so watch this. Here in, uh, uh, here in Corinthians, it says the sting of death is sin. Alright, and if you understand sin, remember sin means to fall short, i.e. fall short of the glory. It, it, it ties itself to thinking, not necessarily the action. Okay, because uh, 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 when, when, when we talk about the action a person does, we're talking about iniquity. Let, let, let me sidebar and teach right there for some that haven't got this straight. You know, people always want to be, put it like Willie Lump Lump. Let everything that you do wrong be sin. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you shoot somebody, run over somebody, they say, well, you sin. No, the action that you did is called iniquity. The sin was the thought that you put in your mind that fell short of doing righteousness or glorifying God. Everything that you do that does not glorify God in your thinking is what is called sin. But what happens is it manifests itself through iniquity, which is the physical act that is performed behind the thought of unrighteousness that you are now practicing. Okay, so now that we understand that, it says, watch this, that it says the sting of death is sin. Alright, so what happens is, watch this, these scorpions, these locusts that are now impacting the earth, the torment that they bring upon those not sealed by the spirit is the torment of sin. Watch this. Basically, what happens is sin now becomes a drug that intoxicates those who don't have a mind of God. Everybody that is not in a mindset of being Christ-like or God-like, now what happens is the locust of the fallen ones that come forth, the sting that they place on mankind is the, is the power of influence, which now seduces and becomes a drug to them. If anybody knows anything out there that's listening regarding substance abuse, 
Amen. People that 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 are addicted to a drug, what happens is it becomes painful to them when it's time to wing them off. That's why people go to detox. They get detoxified because what happens is some drugs, if they went cold turkey, it would kill them. Depending on how how dependent the body has uh, become upon the illicit substance, now they can't handle not having it. Because watch this, inside your brain there's what, what are called five neurotransmitters. Amen. The neurotransmitters are acetylcholine, dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, GABA, uh, uh, yeah, a GABA, GABA. Okay, so these are five chemicals that your brain produces. I'm going to try to put this in, in natural terms where you can grab it and then you can really understand what's going on. So what happens is all five of these chemicals are doing something specific for the body. Let me use GABA. GABA is GABA butyric acid. It is the chemical that the brain produces in order to keep your nerves in control. Okay, so watch this. People that have seizures are having seizures because their body does not produce an adequate amount of GABA butyric acid in order for their body to stay in control. So what happens is when people are abusing an illicit substance, what it does is it fools the body because the drug is mimicking one of the chemicals that the brain produces to stay in balance. So what happens is over a period of time, when you become addicted to the drug, it's because the body no longer produces the chemical naturally. Because it says, well, you're going to get it from another source. I don't need to naturally produce it anymore because you're, 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 you're giving it as an external source internally to your body. So what happens is once it wears off, now the body is in pain because the brain is not firing the chemicals naturally that it needs to sustain. That's why the brain starts to die in certain places and it begins to re-network itself. So, so, what, so what happens is people have to be detoxified and it takes a period of time for rehabilitation in order for their brain to, to try to work itself back to at least be decent in what has now stopped working. I, I hope I'm teaching somebody something right there. So, so what happens now watch this sin becomes a drug and now it becomes painful for people not to do sin anymore see right now it ain't painful for you because you can sin you can repent and then start living righteous again amen until you sin or fall off the bandwagon but what happens in this time it won't be as easy because see what has happened the spirit of God has been poured out and now we're in a transition that now the judgments are happening upon the earth and upon man see the grace was there and the transition of the things that are pouring out of the spirit that was the thing that was now bringing us into a place that we could get ourselves perfected and, and matured and get into the mindset of God but what happens here by scripture is is now for those who had no mind of God whatsoever didn't want to do anything that God had to say had to do had to write any of those things now it becomes painful for them to try to wing themselves from doing unrighteousness. Y'all got to really get what I'm saying. You know as well as I do. Everything that you used to do before you gave your life to Christ. It was painful for you to let them things go. Stuff that you love to do. 
And then when, when you got a relationship with the Lord and then you got convicted and said, this ain't what I'm supposed to do. Notice that you had a hard time trying to break from it. There's some things some of you still dealing with. I ain't putting nobody on front street, but the prophetic is true. We ain't going to be pathetic this evening. So the things that you have not been able to break from, this is it being personified in Revelation chapter 9 when the scorpions begin to sting folks. The thing is, they're going to be intoxicated or under the substance abuse of sin. They will not be able to break and it'll be a long period of time. It's going to be painful. Y'all got to understand this because even if under drug abuse, if it's painful, imagine how painful it's going to be when it's a spiritual intoxication. Can you imagine what what it would feel like to be void of God? Not only in the physical, but, but to be void of God's spiritual. That means you wouldn't have any feeling about yourself and even your emotions would have no connection with your spirit man. Okay. Amen. Amen. I hope somebody's grabbing this. Hope somebody's learning something. Okay. Verse six. Verse six says, and in those days shall men seek death. And shall not find it. Then there's a semicolon in the verse. And it says. And shall desire to die. And death shall flee from them. Okay. Hear what I'm saying right now. Remember like we just talked about here. In Revelation chapter 6. When we're talking about. uh, The spirit. Seven characteristics of the spirit. And remember the fourth horseman. When it went forth. it It said. Death was the fourth one. So watch this. Get a real revelation. This verse, it says when they sought death, they weren't seeking per se the end of their life. They were seeking an entity or a characteristic. Because remember, we're talking about this ties to the characteristics of the set of spirits. All right. Because then the verse says after that, then they desired to die. So it's one thing to look for death, but it's another thing to, to, to desire death or to desire to die. So their seeking was thanatos. Thanatos is the Greek word for death. What's interesting for some that are, are Marvel comic followers, you know, I used to be big on, on, on Marvel. And I understand one of, the, one of the greatest villains in Marvel with the Avengers is Thanos, which his name is pulled from Thanatos, meaning death. So he is an, an individual or a being more so than death itself or one finding their demise or their end. So here by the scripture, those who are under this pain are looking for death. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like they're looking to make a drug deal. And in the same turn, outside of looking to make a drug deal with death, they're also looking and desiring to die. Okay. Says, death shall flee from them, which they won't be able to. They got to go through the process. The process isn't going to be simple that it can be stopped. So it avoids them. Amen. Then verse, 12, uh, verse 7. It says. And the shape of the locust. Now the word shape. That's being used in verse 7. Is homoima. 
which means likeness or image. All right, different word than in Revelation chapter 13 when we talk about the image. Image that's used there is the Greek word icon, which we'll get to that when we get to uh, Revelation 13. But here we're talking about the shape, which is the likeness or the image of the locust, meaning uh, uh, the, the, the physical. It says we're like horses prepared unto battle. Or like horses that were prepared for battle. Okay. Once again, I take you back to Revelation chapter 6 with the first four characteristics of the Spirit of God. They were articulated as horses going forth. So now, here we've got the fallen ones or the locusts or the scorpions going forth. Watch this imitating horses just like the spirit going into battle. They're doing the imitation. They're going into battle and the scripture says, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold and their faces were as the face of men. So they were prepared unto battle articulating themselves like horsemen. And then it says that they had a crown. And remember, the word crown comes from the Greek word stephanos. All right? We talk about, about, about a crown, stephanos, which means a crown or their own mark of royalty. And it says it was like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, meaning they were impersonating, looking like men. All right? They were locusts, but they were prepared unto battle, but they were looking like men. Now, there's, a, there's, there's, there's another tie to this thing about uh, horses being prepared unto battle. When, when you go back to Proverbs, let's run to Proverbs right quick. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 31. In Proverbs 21, 31, it says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, meaning there's opposition. But safety is of the Lord. The horses are prepared, but safety is of the Lord. That's under King James. Now, let me even read it under the International Standard Version. It says, the horse may be prepared for the day of battle, but to the Lord goes the victory. So it's implying here in this verse, even in Proverbs, it's, it's speaking that there are some that are coming as opposition against the Spirit of God, those sealed by God, and those coming against God himself, but God has the victory. All of that ties together as to what is transitioning here in Revelations 9-7. Amen? Amen. Amen. <sighs> Praise God. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.